Thank you everybody for tuning in for another episode. Today we are going to be continuing on with our superfood series and this food that I will be covering is a very, very well-known food. It's uh, very popular on Valentine's Day and for your loved ones and yes, it is the one, the only chocolate. But today we are going to be diving a little bit deeper than just chocolate. We are going to be going into the original form of chocolate which is cacao. So that is where all chocolate actually comes from. It starts out as cacao. So this leads me to my first question. When you think of chocolate, what is it that you think of? Do you think of maybe a chocolate bar, uh, such as a Hershey's chocolate bar, or maybe a hot cup of hot chocolate, or you know, hot cocoa with the marshmallows on top, or maybe some cocoa powder that you would use in uh, baking, or maybe on top of a tiramisu. Well, those are the most common forms that we probably use chocolate in today's society, but I bet you probably don't think of a large yellow or reddish pod that grows on a Central or South American uh, tree, but that is actually where it comes from. So these pods are about eight inches long, and yes, like I said, they can be yellow, reddish, I think they can even be kind of a purplish or blue, depending on the variation. And they are kind of a, you know, they're a hard texture on the outside, kind of bumpy, and then when you crack them open, there's a white meat inside that is a fruit, and the fruit is then surrounding these little cacao beans that are about, I would say, two to three times larger than an almond. And those cacao beans are what actually make chocolate. They are the chocolate in its pure raw form, really. And so this was really a trip for me because I personally did not know this is where chocolate came from. And upon first going to South America, I stayed at a chocolate and coffee farm with my fiance, Ashley. And while we were there, we were able to see the harvesting process as well as how they made chocolate at their finca there. And what was so neat is that when he cracked open the cacao pod, the white fruit inside was so tasty and it resembles nothing of chocolate. Chocolate is a totally different flavor. Uh, this white uh, fruit meat was just kind of like, I would say a cross maybe between a mango and an apple because it was really, really sweet, but it had a little slight kind of a sourness to it at the end, which kind of makes me want to put the apple in there just for that sour flavor. Um, but it was really, really delicious and something I'd never tasted before. It was, it was like eating candy, really. And what's really neat now is you can actually find uh, this fruit dried in the stores at some places, as well as um, now they have a drink made out of just the, uh, the cacao fruit, which is really interesting. I'll try to post some uh, links to it in the show notes. But yeah, so really, really neat uh, to think that, you know, chocolate actually is just this like seed slash nut that's found inside these pods and actually has a whole fruit around it as well. So as you can imagine, going from the cacao seed or cacao bean to chocolate is quite a long process. 
So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna kind of walk you through this process and I'm going to largely explain my experience while I was in Colombia at this chocolate farm and kind of walk you through the steps that the, you know, the owner of the place was de uh, describing to us as he was going over the harvesting methods as well as the preparation of the chocolate. Um, and then I'm going to also explain the different products of cacao because it's not really chocolate but rather cacao and so yeah so the way it starts is you have the cacao beans that you have to remove from the pod and they have that white fruit around it that the meat of the fruit around them and typically what you would do is you would let these cacao beans ferment with the fruit around them depending on where you're at will determine how long you ferment the cacao beans and once they are finished fermenting, you then would remove that outer uh, fruit from the cacao bean and let them dry. After they're done drying, they really start to have that, you know, chocolatey uh, aroma to them. And then while we were at this finca, he then began to roast the cacao beans, which I will get into later as to why it's not so good to do that uh, from a, a health perspective. But... Let me just say that when you roast cacao beans, it puts a crazy delicious aroma of chocolate in the room. I mean, it was it was insane how good that room smelled while he was roasting the chocolate. Could have just stayed in there forever, had that as a car freshener. It was it was magnificent. <laughs> and so, anyways, after uh, you finish roasting these cacao beans, then you take the cacao beans, and he went ahead and. Uh, ground the cacao beans. He kind of used what looked like, honestly, uh, what you would make ground beef with. And so it was just to pulverize the cacao beans and it made the cacao beans into a paste. Now, from that point, depending on who is making the chocolate, they will either press out all of the uh, cacao butter or cacao oil from the the cacao bean and then they'll actually use that typically for beauty products because it has a lot of benefits uh, for the skin and, and other things like that but what they end up doing is down the road once they remove the oil they can make this uh, the cacao paste now into more of a powder and once they make it into a powder then it's easier for them to you know transport it and different things like that as well, they will add a few alkalizing salts such as potassium and sodium bicarbonate. This is to uh, make it mix better with water and things of that sort. And then typically what they'll do if you're just talking about a traditional milk chocolate bar is they would add some soybean oil uh, to then get back that uh, lost oil that was taken out of it as well as they will add usually powdered milk and some form of sugar. So those are the basic ingredients. They can obviously vary. There can be more uh, or less depending on what kind of chocolate you're making. And then once they have the mixture all put together, they heat it up you know, and stir it and then they pour it into the molds, let it cool, and then it is ready to be eaten. So that is the typical process of making chocolate. However, I'm going to kind of break down where they went wrong as a in terms of the health perspective and then also the different products that you can get along the way. 
So first off, after the fermentation process and removing of the, the fruit from around the cacao bean, what you have is a cacao bean and you can actually eat it just like that. It's completely raw, it has all the beneficial nutrients and enzymes and minerals and er everything in it. Well, from there, you can also crush the cacao bean into cacao nibs, uh, or you can go even finer and make it into a cacao powder or cacao paste. Uh, I believe the cacao powder does lack the butter and or cacao oil that would be removed to make it into the powder, whereas the paste, I believe, would still have it within uh, the product still. And anyways, at any of these points, the cacao paste, cacao um, powder, the cacao nibs, the cacao beans, any of those are st can still be kept in a raw form and retain all of the health benefits that you would be looking for. Uh, as well, you can also have raw cacao butter, which is very beneficial in many ways as well. And also on that note, you can make raw chocolate, which uh, basically the only thing that's making it raw is the fact that you did not roast the beans. And like I said, I will get into why that's a big deal uh, in a bit here. So essentially, instead of, you know, going down and, and really processing chocolate so far to where it becomes a chocolate bar, there are methods to keep it raw and healthier, beginning obviously with not roasting the cacao beans, but then moving further down the line, if you think about it, all the things that are being added to it are really not healthy for you. So for starters, obviously, if you roast it, like I said, it's bad. However, you will retain mineral content from the cacao, and cacao is extremely high in minerals, uh, very beneficial minerals at that. So that's still a good thing, but there is a lot taken away in the roasting. Um, and then as well as what's added to it, such as, you know, the soybean oil, which is going to be heated up. And that's really bad because soybean oil is a polyunsaturated fat, which is basically just highly unstable and easily oxidized, which means that once you heat it up, it becomes essentially rancid in a sense. And it can cause a lot of inflammation, especially in the gut. So right there it's that's really bad you don't want the soybean added uh, the soybean oil added to your chocolate um, obviously preferably we would just have the cacao butter in there but on that note cacao butter can also become oxidized when heated so really it comes down to the roasting process on that uh, also you then have cane sugar and uh, powdered milk added in to most chocolate bars, which obviously is just not good for you and should be left out of the chocolate bar at all costs. Um, if you do add sugar to it, you know, very little amounts or if able to put even maybe a substitute such as stevia or a monk fruit sweetener. So with all the hate that I've been giving to the traditional milk uh, chocolate bar here, this doesn't mean that you should freak out and think, oh my God, I can never have any chocolate again, because that's not the case. You definitely can still have chocolate. There's a lot of benefits to eating chocolate, uh, even if it is a you know really processed down form of it. But ideally, if you want to eat chocolate, the baseline that you should really look for is consuming chocolate that is 80% uh, cacao or cocoa. Uh, if you're able to do that, that means you're retaining a really high percentage of 
the cacao in there so that it's not, you know, watered down with the powdered milk and, and various other things. And obviously, if you can have cacao butter in there still, that's a really good sign. Um, and then really at the end of the day, just trying to get a raw form of cacao or a raw cacao bar would be the best. However, something that's really interesting is that the indigenous people such as the Mayans and Aztecs, who were some of the first people we know of who cultivated and consumed cacao, actually enjoyed cacao as a beverage. They didn't really eat it as obviously a chocolate bar. Um, yeah, they obviously ate it just as the raw cacao bean as well, but they enjoyed it ceremonially as a beverage. Um, cacao was really believed to be a very valuable resource and it was actually used as a form of currency by the Aztecs and Mayans. And so with regards to the ceremonial uh, drinking of cacao, you know, you can still actually find a lot of forms of that, you know, ceremonial drinking cacao, uh, even in the stores. Um, so, and yeah, and then sorry, on that note, I'm not talking about the Swiss Miss hot cocoa. That's not exactly the hot chocolate I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about really just a, a raw form of cacao made into a beverage, typically using uh, water uh, as the medium. Although it could be with other uh, things nowadays, you know, almond milk or something of that sort. But while I was at a festival, they had a ceremonial cacao drinking ceremony. And my fiance Ashley and I were able to attend this. And it was a really, really interesting thing to have this cacao that was, uh, you know, it wasn't made with any milk, it was with water, but yet it was very creamy from all the, you know, the fat content that is naturally found in cacao. And upon drinking what was really not that much cacao, it was a, quite a small glass, it really gave you a crazy amount of sustained energy. And it was late at night, actually, when we had consumed the cacao. So I really noticed that it allowed me to stay up for a really, you know, extended period of time that evening. And usually I'm in bed at a pretty good hour. So uh, that was a really interesting effect to notice. And obviously this is because there are certain components in chocolate or cacao that allow for uh, sustained energy. And that is uh, the small amounts of obviously caffeine as well as theobromine. And I will get into those in a little bit here. But I just really thought it was a interesting process. Um, you know, you don't usually associate uh, chocolate with energy or, you know, drinking that in, in, you know, place of coffee or something of that sort. And so anyways, on that note, continuing with the components of cacao and the benefits of these, compo uh, these components in cacao, I'm going to start off with, firstly, the extremely high ORAC level uh, which is, you know, if you recall, it's basically the measurement of antioxidants in a food. And cacao has a super, super high ORAC level. So it was really hard to find the exact uh, ORAC level of cacao, but it seems that there's a baseline level of uh, 80,000 with a maximum of 95,500. Now, these numbers probably don't mean very much to you, but if I can just put it in other terms for you, uh, I did another episode on Shaga, and Shaga is a very, very uh, strong antioxidant. It ranks quite high on the ORAC level, 
and its level is only 52,000. So compare 52 to 80,000 or 95,000. It's, it's quite a gap there. So cacao has a really, really high ORAC level, which means that it's really good at fighting off free radicals and just preventing you know the whole aging process, really. So if the ORAC level wasn't already just impressive enough on its own, let's get into how cacao is a number one source of magnesium. So if you didn't already know, magnesium is the most deficient major mineral on the standard American diet, with over 80% of North Americans being chronically deficient in magnesium. And on that note, magnesium is responsible for over 300 different functions in the body. That means that if you're not getting enough magnesium in your diet, then your body's either not able to perform or not able to perform correctly more than 300 functions. Now, some of these functions, just to name a couple of them, are supporting your heart health, eating and bowel movements, relaxing menstrual cramping, which could be a reason why women actually crave chocolate on their moon days. It relaxes muscles, which is why they add it to float tanks or the sensory deprivation tanks, uh, as well as it increases flexibility and helps to build strong bones. Those are just a couple. Remember, there's 300 different functions. So super, super important uh, mineral here, and cacao is really high in it. So just off of those two already, there's a lot of benefits going on. Okay, continuing on. Cacao contains 314% of the U.S. recommended daily allowance of iron per one ounce of cacao. This is a truly, you know, it's a true mineral powerhouse here. Uh, it also contains chromium, mag uh, manganese, and zinc, which are trace minerals that Americans tend to be deficient in and are responsible for a slew of different functions. Uh, so some of these are, you know, balancing blood sugar, oxygenation of blood, and strengthening of our immune systems. Uh, it contains vitamin C and copper. However, if roasted, the vitamin C content is completely lost. So that is one reason why uh, having raw cacao is quite important. As well, cacao contains omega-6 fatty acid, which is really something that is important, important to not uh, have the cacao being roasted for because omega-6 fatty acids can also become rancid uh, due to exposure of heat. So when you have the heat exposure uh, through the roasting of the cacao bean, that means that these cacao beans are now containing rancid oils, which are prone to create inflammation in the body. So try not to roast the cacao beans if you can, or have them roasted. Cacao also contains a compound called phenylethylamine. Um, it's abbreviated to PEA, which is also a heat sensitive compound. So once again, no roasting of the beans and is found to be released in our bodies when we fall in love, which is probably why we tend to associate love and chocolate together. Obviously, Valentine's Day and chocolate-covered strawberries, you already know how that goes. <laughs> this PEA combined with the magnesium and fat content found in cacao, which, by the way, cacao is about 50% uh, fat, but this seems to be the reason why cacao can suppress hunger for a long period of time. So going back to when I had the uh, 
ceremonial uh, drinking cacao, you know, I actually did not feel any hunger that night. I didn't eat anything for the rest of the evening and I was completely satiated. So it's really interesting to think of cacao as, you know, kind of a diet or a, a weight loss supplement, but it truly does have some properties that can aid in that. So there's even these stories about, you know, Mayans and Aztecs that would go a whole day with only drinking one cup of this uh, drinking cacao. So very beneficial in terms of that, but obviously you have to be eating the right kind of cacao. So the next thing is a cannabinoid endorphin called anandamide, which is a naturally produced substance in the body after exercise. And it's only been found in one plant so far, which obviously is cacao. <laughs> uh, anandamide is known as the bliss chemical because of its ability to create this great feeling of bliss in our bodies. Now, the really interesting thing is that cacao contains enzyme inhibitors that decrease our body's ability to break down this anandamide, meaning that when you eat cacao, either the naturally occurring anandamide that your body creates or the cacao anandamide will hang out in your body for a longer period of time, making you feel better for a longer period of time. So I don't know about you, but it seems to me like cacao is just absolutely made for consumption. It's like that really good friend who just wants you to be living your best life. You know what I mean? So shout out to cacao. But honestly, <laughs> there's more. This is just the beginning. So uh, raw cacao also contains tryptophan, which is an essential amino acid that is critical for our production of serotonin. So tryptophan reacts with vitamin uh, B6 and vitamin B3 in the presence of magnesium to produce serotonin, which has been shown to lower levels of anxiety and lower our stress levels. Also on that note, Cacao is naturally high in serotonin, so you get a real double whammy there on the serotonin production from cacao. Uh, now finally, cacao contains theobromine and some caffeine. So as we know, cacao does contain a small amount of caffeine, but really what's most likely giving it the addictive feeling or you know the energy uh, sensation would be due to the theobromine. Uh, so theobromine is a chemical relative to caffeine, but unlike caffeine, it does not stimulate the nervous system. Instead, it dilates the cardiovascular system, making the heart's job easier. It's also been shown to aid the respiratory system and to help fight against cavities. Pretty interesting, right? <laughs> Obviously, you probably don't want to have any sugar in the chocolate that you're eating, but uh, on that note, the theobromine will help in fighting cavities. Really interesting. So now kind of going away from all the beneficial minerals and components that cacao has, one thing I really wanted to hit on was that if you have a history of heart disease in your family, or maybe you, you yourself have some heart complications, looking into raw, raw cacao and its benefits would be very beneficial for you because there's a lot of research out there on it uh, showing very promising signs that it can help with uh, heart disease. So uh, I really highly recommend, you know, looking into raw cacao. And if you feel that it's something you would like to add into your daily ritual, um, I personally, in my own opinion, would highly recommend it. But just make sure that you are keeping that 
cacao in its raw form. So making sure it's not cooked or, you know, having all these added sugars and powdered milks in it. It's going to be quite bitter because that's the natural flavor of cacao, but that those bitter components are really the good parts of the cacao. Also, eating cacao doesn't have to be, you know, a bitter experience. You know, you can add it into smoothies, um, which are very beneficial, uh, obviously, as well, because you can add in really, you know, good quality superfoods, as well as uh, different berries like blueberries or strawberries, and those will have a lot of antioxidants as well and are low in sugar. But before I bring this whole episode to a close, I really think it's important to note that when you're purchasing cacao, you obviously want to make sure that you're purchasing a high quality cacao for your health, but you also want to make sure that the cacao is certified fair trade. So unfortunately, a lot of cacao is grown using child labor and slavery, which should never be the case, obviously. So if you would like to, I really recommend that you do some research on companies that, you know, are very transparent about their harvesting methods. And also just as a general rule of thumb, the most common chocolate companies that you see in your day-to-day grocery store are probably not using the best harvesting uh, processes for their cacao. Um, just, you know, wanted to point this out because I think it's very important to pay respect and uh, give a fair wage to the people who are putting in a lot of work to provide such a, a high quality uh, product for us. Also on that note, I will go ahead and try to leave at least one or two companies in the show notes that I have purchased chocolate from and they are, from what I can tell, very reputable uh, companies that use very, you know, transparent methods of harvesting cacao that are good for not only us, but also the farmer. And so that's going to bring us to the end of our episode for today. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in again to the second part of this superfood series. Um, This is just the beginning. There's a ton of superfoods. So this is going to be a longer series. I might throw a couple other episodes in between, uh, you know, the superfood series just to mix it up a little bit. But yeah, stay tuned. I hope you guys are really enjoying these. Uh, Superfoods are so important and should really just be a part of our daily uh, consumption because like I said, you know, we are really lacking in a lot of these um, minerals and and antioxidants and just overall nutrients. And we really need to try our best to include these so that we can make up for the stuff that we're lacking. But on that note, I just hope that everyone has a beautiful rest of their week. And I'm super grateful to have you guys tuning into these episodes and getting this really, you know, powerful information. And I hope you're including it into your life and using it in some way. Uh, I thank you guys so much for your continued support. And just remember, whatever you do, do it with good intentions. I send you guys my love and peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional.